Glory, 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 glory to God. You are listening live to the Scribes Hangout broadcast on the Kingdom Influencers Broadcast Network. Here at the Scribes Hangout, we are dedicated to bringing the voice and the heart of the scribe to individuals around the world. This is the hangout spot for book lovers, book clubs, authors, artists, fans, business owners, and those who desire to be inspired. I am your host, publisher, author, and TV and radio personality, Deron Shay Zorn, and I would like to welcome each of you to our broadcast on today. We are going to have a phenomenal time right here at the Scribes Hangout. We have a very, very special guest with us on today. And I'm telling you, this scribe here, God has really, really used her, amen, and using her around the world to just impact lives. And we're just happy that she's hanging out with us on today and just imparting into us the wisdom, amen, that God has placed on the inside of her. I'm telling you, we're getting ready to have a very, very dynamic time we're going to be discussing her project amen that is out that's out right now that is influencing individuals around the world my god my god my god just wait when wait 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 amen as we just dive deeper into this broadcast and and you begin to hear the outpour of amen the brilliant uh, mind of this dynamic guest that we have on today today i'm going to introduce her to you guys in a moment but let us first go to the throne of grace oh gracious lord we thank you for entering into this broadcast we thank you for hanging out with us at the scribes hangout and we thank you that as you hang out with us oh god that your presence amen your glory just begin to illuminate in our very lives and that, oh God, as we committed on this broadcast to you, that you would have your way. That, oh God, that your spirit, oh God, would just pour out upon your people and touch their minds and touch their hearts and touch the depths of their soul. That, oh Lord God, that they may know and experience and feel you, oh God, through every, Lord God, question, every response that take place in this broadcast we thank you oh lord god that somebody's life is going to be changed and impacted and transformed somewhere around the world as they listen oh god to this powerful vessel that you have sent by today oh god for such a time as this to touch the life of one of your beloveds we thank you lord for pouring out, oh God, into the seven continents of the world on today. And that lives will never, ever be the same. By your spirit, by your might, and by your very power. We thank you and that we could be humble vessels that you use in this interview. To show your glory. To show your power. So that others may believe in you. In the majestic name of jesus we pray amen amen 
and amen. Glory, 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 glory be unto God in this place. Today we have this very, very dynamic, powerful woman of God. She grew up as a daughter of a single mother in the projects in East New York, where she lived an eventful life. She later became the first person in her immediate family to graduate from college. Upon attaining an MBA from Virginia Commonwealth University, she built a career in human resources and used her success to create a scholarship to help students in undeserved communities pay for college. After several years in the corporate world, she founded the Empowerment Movement and now shares her inspiring stories as a published writer and motivational speaker, empowering women all over the world to embrace their inner greatness. As a motivational speaker, she delivers insightful, funny, and eye-opening workshops. She has spoken at conferences alongside notable figures such as judge, authors, and TV personality, Glenda Hatchett, Blanker Cobb, nationally recognized body language expert. Previous clients include Haynes Brands Incorporation and Virginia Commonwealth University. Her work has appeared in Naya Magazine, an online women's magazine, and The Silent Journey by the International Library of Poetry. She lives in a small town in North Carolina with her husband. When she's not writing, she's enjoying doing yoga, Pilates, practicing medication, and spending time in nature. I just want to introduce to the Scribes Hangout family none other than Chandra Brotnex Payne on today. Welcome, welcome, dynamic woman of God to the Scribes Hangout. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Garanche, for that beautiful introduction. I was sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, did I do all of that in this short amount of time? I still got more to do. That's not even enough. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. That's what I'm talking about right there. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, um, just a powerful, powerful Amen. Just introduction of you and, you know, even more powerful than the powerful work that God is doing on the inside of you. So you guys know that who is on the platform today and we're getting ready to discuss her book. You go girl. 25 ways to step into your greatness. Now, I'm telling you right now, right now, right now, what you need to go ahead and do is share this broadcast on 
your social media platforms so that those that you know that they could get in on this powerful conversation, amen, so that the women around you can begin to step into their greatness so that they can begin to excel and soar, amen, into who it is that God has called for for them to be. Go ahead and share the radio app. Go ahead and share the radio app as well so that they can get in and hear what is being spoken, what is about to be released through this dynamic work and in addition, so everyone would know why they need to get, amen, this blueprint, this blueprint that God has given this dynamic woman of God to help others to step into their greatness. 25, 25 ways, amen, um, that she has unlocked, amen, the keys on how you can be great, amen, in Jesus' name, glory, glory, glory to God, again, we're hanging out at the Scribes Hangout with none other than Chandra Brocknett Payne, the author of You Go Girl in 25 Ways to Step into Your Greatness. So, author, author, we're not going to prolong this interview, but I have to ask, how did you come up with this title? What prompted the idea of your title? Um, it's funny that you asked that because... I, to be honest, it just literally came to me one day. I was sitting down trying to, I spent probably about a week just jotting down different names for the book, and none of them really felt like the right title to me. And one day I was, I think I was talking to my sister, and we were talking about the book and the different chapters in the book, and I can't remember which one of us said, you go, girl. And I said, that's it. You go, girl, 25 ways to step into your greatness. Because I had 25 um, chapters in the book and, and 25 principles in the book to help you step into your greatness. And it just seemed so perfect. You go, girl, 25 ways to step into your greatness. Um, and I have to tell you, thankfully, the title has been well-received. Um, and I think it speaks very well to what I'm talking about in, in the book, everything that I'm talking about in the book, offering women tools um, to really live their best lives. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And with these 25, you know, with these principles, like you said, tools, it's just not your regular book. Uh, there are definitely <laughs> activities in here for you to um, reflect on in each chapter to help you expand into your greatness. And it's just awesome. So we're, we're going to talk about this because, you know, it. And, and I'm always interested in titles, right? I, and, and I always, you know, I get a great concept when I, when I hear titles and when I look at titles and things of that nature, whether it's a book, a name of an organization, whatever it may be, I understand there is, um, there is something, there's some major things that's behind a title, right? And so, mm -hmm. and as you're even talking about, you know, you go girl, step into your greatness. And see, we all wasn't 
born with a silver, you know, spoon in our mouths. And I was looking at, you know, even in your introduction and how you you was talking about your greatness being put on hold. And so I wanted to start here today because I believe that there are many women out here who greatness have just, um, they've come to a point in their life and whatever situation and circumstances have taken place, that their greatness have been put on hold. So let's talk about that for a moment you know um that for a moment what put your greatness on hold and what um catapulted you to come from that place just so um the audience i mean they can they can know look you know you didn't just wake up in the greatness amen glory to god you know it got put on hold and there had to be an awakening to take place right so that you can step back amen and and and, and into that authentic place in which god called you from the wound of your mother amen amen yeah i think in my case my particular case i was really struggling with who I was as a woman at that time and really trying to figure out what I was put on this earth to do. Uh, Because I've always felt like, even from a young child, even growing up in in the projects of Brooklyn, New York, I felt like there was something more that I was supposed to do. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what it looked like, what it felt like. I just knew that I was destined to do something bigger than what I could see in my immediate uh, neighborhood. And I did what I was told to do. My my parents said, well, you got to go to college. Okay, I'm going to college. And when I graduated from undergrad, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, it was getting close to graduation. Everybody's asking, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you have a job yet? And I said, no. And at that point, I decided I'm going to go to grad school because, to be honest with you, (laughs) I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I thought, I'll just spend another year or two in college until I can figure it out. At that point, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I had to get a job and, and pay back some of those school loans, and I needed to get out of my mother's home. So I went to, um, I think my first job was with Wells Fargo uh, at the time. I worked there for about two years, and then I went to Bank of America for several years after that. And I really enjoyed my time working with both of them. And I did a variety of work um, from managing people to working in HR, and I really enjoyed everything that I did. But then it came a point in time where I would wake up and I felt unfulfilled. So I had a decent vehicle, nice place to rest my head every night, decent job, but I still felt unfulfilled. And if you've never been in that space, it's a really hard space to describe, but it's almost like there is something missing within me. Um, And so that's where I was when I say that my greatness was put on hold because I still didn't know at that point what it was that I was supposed to do. But I knew that it was more than what I was doing at that point in my life. And so I would walk around and I would smile and I would project to the world that I was happy, but secretly on the inside, I wasn't happy because there was this hole, there was something missing on the inside that I was supposed to fulfill. 
And um, I started just going into this black hole, if you will, of depression. And I, uh, no one could see it. Um, and that thing about depression sometimes, you know, it is a silent killer that we often don't like to talk about. But I started going through depression, and thankfully, God um, brought my best friend into my life who just prayed for me and really helped uplift me at the time. I ended up going to therapy, um, finding a really good church home, a good, solid church home, and that is how I changed my life around. But I talk about this in the book um, about how that was a crash for me, the depression and coming out of it, because it was then that I realized what my purpose was. Because as I was sitting on the floor crying my eyes out, and I mean, it was the ugly cry. It was the, you know, the, the snot coming down, and it was the cry that we don't like to have, but it's me. Right. <laughs> so I was having that cry and just having this pity party. And as I was coming out of it, I just remember very vividly on my bedroom floor, God just spoke to me and said, I am going to use you to help save the lives of women. It's going to be through your testimony. You're not the only one who's been depressed, who's going through this. So you're going to use your experience to help save the lives of many women. And no one likes to go through depression. But can I tell you that that saved my life? The depression saved my life because now I feel like I have this renewed understanding or purpose. I, I know what I'm here to do, and that's to empower, to encourage, to help other women. Other women, whether you're going through depression or just difficult times in your life, just to help women and to encourage them and let them know that it's going to be okay that God still got you. God's never gone anywhere. He is still with you every second, every moment, every minute of the day. And it's going to be all right, sister. Amen. 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 And um, wow, wow, wow. Uh, you know, I know you talked about that in your, um, in your take a back seat. Uh, chapter now and I'm, I'm telling you it's this book is just absolutely powerful and she said her you know the thing in which she went through her um taking that crash taking that crash being the best thing that could have happened in her life um as well and and i'm sure that helped in the in the journey and so even in this book she have it, it's like broken down into five different sections and so she talked about part one tap into your creator and um, a part of that that she just gave in part of this her, uh, testimony a moment ago is come out of her it came out of her take a back seat uh, introduction and take a back seat um and she has a uh, part two which is living unapologetically walk courageously assess your power stand boldly and so we're just going to just take a peek here and so i want to go to your chapter guard your thoughts you you say oh my god very very powerful statements in here very very powerful st um, statements concerning um the thought um one of the statements you see you said i subscribe to the narrative that I have nothing unique 
to offer once upon a time. I'm sorry. I subscribed to the narrative that I that I had nothing unique to offer. And you you another statement you said that you was a victim of your own thoughts. And then you further come on to say and you know as I was reading I'm here. You begin to talk about that when you really think about it. Um um, where you when we really think about it, where do our words come from? You said that they come from our thoughts, and then right after that, you made a very, very profound statement about the thoughts dealing with death and life. Um, dealing with death and life, and I just thought it was just absolutely amazing. You said if we take the time, if we take the line of thought one step further death and life lies first in the power of your thoughts since you have to first formulate a thought in your mind before you speak it i think that's an absolutely very very powerful statement and can you just elaborate on that a little bit more with us sure. author thank you um i've always been told that you know uh, death and life lie in in the tongue and i just i'm a thinker i'm an introvert at heart believe it or not so i'm one of those people who loves to sit with my thoughts mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i was just sitting there thinking one day wow i you know i grew up thinking that death and life lie in the power of the tongue which is you know what in scripture Mm -hmm. But I really just wanted to sit with that and digest that for a little bit. And I said, well, wait a minute. Before I speak it, I have to first think it, whatever it is, good or bad. And so that's what made me realize that my own, that my life, everything that I thought about myself and, and my future really lied in the thoughts that I had about myself. And when I realized that, that's when I started to change my thinking. And it's not easy. You know, we're human. Um, It's natural to have thoughts that aren't always encouraging or uplifting, you know, to yourself. And and sometimes we say the worst things about ourselves, um, even worse than what someone else may say about us. And so when I really started to think about that, I thought to myself, "Mm mm-mm. Uh-uh. I've got to watch what I'm saying. I have to be more careful about the words that I am thinking about myself. And I would do simple little exercises, like um, if I had a thought about myself, such as um, I'm not capable of running a business, and then right beside that, I would write, I am the CEO of my own business. You know, I am capable of running my own business. And I would just keep writing it and writing it until I believed it. Uh, Because that's what we have to do. We have to change the narrative. So if you think that you are unworthy, um, let's let's talk about that and, you know, bring me back in if I'm going too far. But when I... (laughs) Okay. When I go out and I, I meet all these wonderful, amazing women... Sometimes, and unfortunately, they don't know how wonderful and amazing they are 
I had a conversation with um, two women. I was a vendor at an event uh, several weeks ago, and they started talking about being in unhealthy relationships and how they didn't feel like they were necessarily worthy of being with someone else. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to really dig deep into that. And, of course, I'm not a, a, a therapist. But it, it made me, again, go back to my book and say to myself, well, where did those thoughts about, where did they get those thoughts about themselves? You know, was it from childhood? Was it from family? Was it something that happened um, in, in their lives to make them think that they are unworthy? But because they felt that way about themselves, it showed up in their relationships with their boyfriends, with their husbands. Um, so again, it's very, very important that we, we change the narrative about what we think about ourselves because it determines or it dictates our lives. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know, the, the text tells us, the scripture tells us, so as a man thinketh, so is he. Yes, ma'am. And so that in which we think and in our heart, whatever we think about ourselves, then um, that is who we, um, that is how we perform. <laughs> our mm -hmm. thoughts bring yes. forth our performance, right? And mm -hmm. so that's that's what manifests in our lives. So um, you're absolutely right. We have to begin to um, change our thoughts. And, and I just absolutely love it how you gave um, examples of how to begin to um, remove negative thoughts and replace positive thoughts about yourself so that you can begin to um, live out those positive thoughts that you have about that you begin to develop about yourself so it's all about you know mm -hmm. um, mind development you know thought development yep. and, and getting what is truth you know beginning to mm -hmm. um, remove all of the deceptive words um, deceptive thinking, negative thinking, and put in what is truth about oneself so that the truth can stand up and arise um, in our lives and, and for our lives. So that's just absolutely powerful. I want to just go over in the book and, and, and since we, you know, we're talking about, you know, where those thoughts came from and, and, and things of that nature and um, guarding your thoughts, guarding your thoughts so that you can live this unapologetic life. You, you put it here to honor yourself, honor yourself. And I just love how you dealt with honoring yourself in a state of wholeness. Um, you made this statement, the act of honoring your body can involve things like exercise, meditating, practicing healthy eating habits, you know, to just name a few. But then you put, um, to just name a few, here. And um, you did, you went on and talked about, you know, just a few other things. But I, I just absolutely like it, you know, or, or love it. Um, you know, as you talked about, you know, the physical, I mean, the benefits, you dealt with the benefits of honoring, you know, our our body. Right. And then you went into this emotional um, portion of honoring our body. And so 
Um, and you said, now that I've explained the benefits of ways to honor your physical body, let us dive into the second topic, which involves taking care of your emotional health. So with that, you know, just want to, you know, talk to the people a, a, a moment about, you know, how important it is uh, when it comes to um, honoring ourselves in uh, in our completeness, in our completeness. And how important is our emotional well-being to our whole being? Gotcha. Um, it, it is so, I, I can't even, um, <laughs> I don't know if we have enough time to really go gotcha. into that. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Give us what just, you can. <laughs> yes, just trust me when I say it is so, so important to be able to honor yourself and your emotional, to be able to take care of yourself emotionally. Um, and if you don't believe me, you can look at, turn on any news station or social media um, today, and you will hear about um, people who are emotionally unhealthy, uh, people who are committing suicide just, what, last week um, or the week before, I know it was in the past two weeks, we had two very um, famous people commit suicide. And, I, of course, I don't know them personally, um, and my heart goes out to their families and their loved ones. Um, but that is just an example of what could potentially happen if we don't take care of ourselves emotionally. Um, I always say that we live in a world where mental health, people don't like to discuss mental health. You know, they think something's wrong with you if you are struggling with something or if you have an illness or if you are mentally ill. And so I hope that going forward, I'm an optimist, so I hope that going forward we can start to change the conversation about mental health and the importance of being emotionally healthy um, because, excuse me, what happens when you are not mentally healthy or because of the stigmatism, I should say, of being unhealthy, people keep those things to themselves. They don't like to talk about it. Sometimes there aren't support systems in place because people don't know that you're struggling with things. And the reason why people don't know you're struggling with things is because, unfortunately, we live in a society where you're looked at differently if you open your mouth and say, hey, something's going on with me. I need help, you know? Um, and so I hope that we can start to change the conversation around that and really do something about mental illness in this country. Um, and whether you are suffering from mental illness or you just have something else going on, again, I'm not a, a you know, a therapist, haven't gone to school for that. I went to school for MassCom and I got my MBA, so I'm gonna stay in that wheelhouse. But I can speak from the mental health aspect because I did suffer from depression. Um, and I knew what it was like to almost suffer in silence because I felt embarrassed about it. 
And especially as a, a black woman in America, um, you know, growing up in a family where that wasn't discussed. And so I've been down that road. I know what it feels like. I know what it, what it looks like. And I know what I felt like when I was suffering inside and I was emotionally unhealthy. And it impacts every area of your life. Um, I thought that if I just went to work or I went outside of my home and I smiled, that no one would notice and, you know, it wouldn't impact my life. But it did impact my life because it was stressful. And there, I'm sure there were a lot of things that I could have been doing with my life that I lost out on because I couldn't pick my head off of the pillow, you know, so to speak. And so I would encourage you um, to really make sure that you are in a healthy, healthy emotional state because you may not know it, but it's, of course, impacting you. But your family members, you know, your your children may be noticing that something's, you know, a little different about mommy or daddy. Um, your spouse, obviously, it may it may impact your performance at work. Um, and you really just owe it to yourself to be emotionally healthy. And I, like Tarantia said in the book, I give some tips and examples of things that you can do to help with that, um, such as uh, practicing meditation, just sitting in silence in a comfortable position and focusing on each breath. You know, obviously prayer, um, I'd like to put as number one, but practicing meditation and stillness and um, just being mindful. You can also practice gratitude because um, just a few minutes ago we talked about um, guarding your thoughts and being careful what you think about yourself. Well, sometimes when you're emotionally unhealthy, you have thoughts that aren't healthy. Um, that's the easiest way, you know, that I can break it down. But so that's where the gratitude comes in because if you start to practice gratitude for everything that you have, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Lord, thank you that I have a bed to lay on and that I'm not sleeping on the concrete because somebody else is. Thank you, Lord, that I can wake up in my own home and that I am not waking up in a shelter full of a hundred other people. Lord, thank you that I've got food on my table. Lord, thank you that when I got out of bed this morning, I could see, I could hear, I could smell, I could move my body on my own without the aid of a machine or someone lifting me up. Lord, I just thank you for giving me breath. Lord, just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so those are, you know, ways that you can practice gratitude. We've got to stop looking at what we don't have or what's not going right in our lives and think about what we do have. And, you know, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with seeking help because there are some things that we just can't do on our own. Obviously, seek God first, but there's nothing wrong with seeking counseling. And I also put this in the book. If anyone tells you different that there is something wrong with seeking counseling, then 
they don't have your best interests at heart because any person who cares about you and loves you should want to see you whole, should want to see that smile back on your face, should want to see you as the best version of yourself that you can be. And so that's why I put a chapter in here about the importance of honoring yourself, being, um, of course, physically healthy, but most importantly, emotionally healthy, because every part of you and everything of every part of your being and everything that you do stems from your emotional health. Even the decisions that you make stem from your emotional health. And so before you go out into the world and try to help others, make sure there's nothing wrong with helping others. You know, we are servants of the kingdom, but make sure that you are taking care of you first. Awesome. You know, I was, you made a statement and I, I began to chuckle on the inside um, where you said, you know, if somebody tell you it's not okay to um, go um, to counseling, then they don't have your best interest at hand. And I started chuckling because um, at that moment with their advice, they're actually giving you counsel, whether it's good counseling or bad. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I, I just begin to chuckle. I was like, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so just think about it. You know, just think about it. And of course, the word tells us that the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel and uh, good counsel, you know, wise counsel. Uh, that does definitely help and, and benefit, you know, your the benefit your soul. And also it tells us too, it said, look, confess your faults to one another, pray one for another that you may be healed. And so again, that's still counsel, you know, that is counsel, you know, right? That is counseling. And so uh, we, we really need to, um, to really get a hold in the grabs of, you know, even the things that we say and the things that we do mm -hmm. um, as well. But, you know, I want to talk about us to, to travel on over to becoming your own champion because I think, uh, you know, many women, they have uh, a difficulty, especially because we're, we're nurturers by nature, I believe. Um, because of that fact, sometimes it's difficult for us to champion ourselves um, in spite of, um, and then in spite, then on top of the different things that we go to, go through as well as, as being a woman. So I think this is very, very important. And so you make this statement, becoming, becoming a champion by fully operating in your gift. Let me back up for a second because let me, it said this is what this chapter is all about, becoming a champion by fully operating in your gift, even when others don't believe in your dreams. And so I want to stop right there at that period there and, and talk of, and, and just deal with this particular statement, this statement. And I know it encompassed this whole chapter, but I believe that this statement is vital because again, you know, uh, many of us miss the mark or many of us don't make it 
because um, we don't have, you know, others are not championing us or cheerleading us on. And we either we don't start or we quit, you know, before we even make it there. Um, and so it's important that we have to, you know, um, champion ourselves. Amen. I'm going to God so that we can obtain the success that we're looking for, mm-hmm. stepping into our greatness. So let's talk about that for a moment. Um, when I think back over my life, I remember um, my, I believe she was my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Giovanni. I went to PS 273 in uh, East New York. And where I grew up, we lived on the top floor of my particular building, but my best friend lived on the first floor. And so every day I would go to her home and we would eat our lunch after school and and just hang out. And I remember it seemed normal to me, but I remember that we would always have to duck under the table as we're eating our lunch because we would just hear bullets flying by. And that was normal to me, unfortunately, you know, and I grew up in the 70s where the drug epidemic, especially in in East New York, was really heightened. And, excuse me, and unfortunately, that was all I knew. I didn't think it was anything strange because that was literally what I saw day in and day out. So that was normal to me. I know better now that that's not normal, but that was what I saw. And I remember when I would go to school every day, Mrs. Giovanni would play classical music. And I think I talk about that in the book. I I can't remember. You do. Okay. (laughs) When you write a book, sometimes you just forget everything that you pour into it because some stuff you scrap out and all that stuff. But anyway, I remember Mrs. Giovanni would play classical music. And I will never forget that because despite the bullets buzzing by as we're sitting there eating lunch or, you know, the drug paraphernalia that I would have to walk around on my way to school, walking to school every day, what Mrs. Giovanni gave me was hope because I was able just, even if it was for that hour of recess, when she would play classical music, I was able to escape my world of my reality. And what I would do during that time is just dream. And I wanted to do many things. I even thought I was going to be a rapper. And and that's hilarious because anybody who knows me today knows Chandra today knows that that would have just been a, a hot mess. But I would sit there and I would dream about all the things that I wanted to do. And so for that moment, every day, I almost, in essence, was starting to become my own champion because my environment says, okay, this is your neighborhood. This is your reality, you know, the drugs, the crime. And this is what you're probably going to continue to grow into. And this is going to be all you know. But. And thank God for this, you know, he sent his angel, Mrs. Giovanni, who allowed me to see different. And so for a moment, even if it was just for an hour, I knew that I was destined for more. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be because I was a child, but I knew that I was destined for more. 
And so if I fast forward throughout the years of growing up to be an adult, you know, I would share different things with people. Oh, I think I want to um, become an author or run my own business or do this. And of course, sometimes, unfortunately, those conversations didn't go well because what I found is, you know, some people were really happy for me and then some people weren't supportive and would tell me all the reasons why I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. Oh, you just need to get a regular job because you, you're going to need benefits. You know, um, that's not going to work because you're a woman. Just all the different reasons why my dreams wouldn't work. And I know that I'm not the only one that that has happened to. And so that's why it was really important for me to put this in the book about becoming your own champion. Because some people really have your best interests at heart. But unfortunately, there are some people who they aren't meant to understand your dreams. You know, some things you got to keep close to the pocket. They aren't meant to be shared with everyone. And, and then there are going to be some people who, for whatever reason, will try to discourage you from living your dreams. They aren't the cheerleaders in the stand, you know, with the pom-poms screaming your name, telling you that you can do it and, and really uplifting you and supporting your dreams. And I always tell people, you know when something is from God. You know when something is from God. And when God speaks to you, no matter how crazy it sounds, because sometimes, I'll admit, it does sound crazy, you know, I'm like, God, what? You want me? Who? What? Where? When? Why? <laughs> you know, when God speaks to you and gives you an assignment, he's going to give you every single tool that you need to complete it. He's going to put people in your path that can help you, that you can work with. Um, he's going to provide, whether it's financial resources, whether it's anything to get your dreams up and running and to sustain it. God's just going to just provide everything that you need in order to do it. And so while you may not have a champion on the sidelines screaming your name, telling you you can do it, you've got God, and that's all that you need. And so that's why I think it's really important to become your own champion. Because everybody, unfortunately, may not have your back. But if you know something is from God and you know that that's what you want to do and you feel it in every part of your being, then you have to go for it. Because I really believe that each one of us, each and every one of us has a purpose. We have gifts. We have things that we were called on this earth to do. And they're not always easy. You know, some of the, the most successful people that we see have gone through a heck of a lot in order to get where they're going. And I'm sure they had naysayers and people discouraging them, but they kept going. And I tell the story of um, Tyler Perry, who, you know, started writing his plays many, many years ago. And unfortunately, they weren't successful in the beginning, but he pushed himself. He became his own champion. There are authors who, for example, were denied um, 
by many, many publishers. But yet, maybe it was that 200th publisher that finally said yes when the 199 companies before said no. So that's why it's important to really believe in your work, to really believe in your purpose and, and what you're passionate about, and to push yourself to become your own champion. It's not going to be easy all the time, but in the end, it's going to be so rewarding, and you're going to feel so fulfilled. And just think about all the people that you are blessing, that you will help when you share your gifts with this world. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, that 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 is absolutely great. And it's going to transition us over um, to the next thing, the next chapter that I kind of want to talk about here. And so, yes, we got to learn how to um, learn how to encourage ourselves, you know, in, in the midst. If we just have to do it all by ourselves, amen, with the <laughs> Lord, <laughs> with the Lord, knowing that, look, it said, if God be for me, <laughs> who can be against right. me? Who right. can be against me? That's right. <laughs> so in your chapter, show up. Oh, I just love it. Just show up. <laughs> just show up anyway. <laughs> you talked about how, you know, your your um your manager, how he just used to, your former manager, how he used to shut down your suggestions that you had. And so you, you wrote in, uh, you wrote this statement. This is where my practice of not showing up began. One former manager in particular wasn't interested in my ideas or opinion. They simply did not matter to him. And, you, you know, you kind of went, you went into, um, you know, vividly on, you know, how it kind of would go. And even if somebody made the same suggestions that you did, that it was a great idea, even though it was the exact thing that you've already mentioned. And so let's just talk about that for a moment, because sometimes, you know, we get in environments and and we show up or uh, and, and, and people just don't like us for whatever personality reasons that it may be. And they begin to shut us down and in the shutting us down how it um, demise us from moving in our greatness and so and how to overcome those barriers um, and when we're in such environments to just have the strength and the power to continue to, sh to um, show up even when others want to shut you down. Yeah, um, unfortunately, that was something that I experienced um, in corporate America where I had a, a former manager who, and I was actually new to his team, and I believe he was a fairly new manager as well. And like he said, every idea that I presented wasn't a good idea, but someone else could present it a few days later, and it was absolutely wonderful. And at the time, I really was broken up about it. I would talk to my husband about it. I actually cried about it a few times. I just didn't understand what I was doing wrong until I finally woke up one day and realized I'm not doing anything wrong. This is not my, I, let me just be blunt. This is not my problem. You know, this is something going on with him that I can't control. I've talked to him about it before. It didn't, unfortunately, nothing changed. Um, so at the time, I just kind of rode that wave and just let it be what it was. Um, and I didn't make a big 
to do about it at work. But the beauty of that situation was that after I realized that it was nothing personal, that I still knew who I was after that, the beauty of that was that I grew and I became stronger. And I now understood that everybody doesn't have to agree with you. Everybody doesn't have to like your ideas, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take away from who I am, who I am as a woman, um, who I am as a woman of God. So his thoughts about me, or even if he had, I don't know if he had any thoughts about me, you know, but his reactions to me or his thoughts about me had nothing to do with me, but it had everything to do with him. And I'm not the type of person, I think I already told you at the beginning of the interview, I am a, a little bit of an introvert. People don't believe me because when you meet me, I'm smiling and, you know, just talking. But I go home and I love, love, love to be on my couch with my throw blanket and my thoughts and a good book and a good movie. But, you know, that experience, along with several other experiences, really helped to shape me and helped me to know that it's okay to still be me. It's okay to speak up if I feel like there is a different way to do something or if I notice um, that we could be, you know, doing something a little bit differently at work. It's okay to have an opinion because many times as women, we don't think it's okay to have an opinion. It is okay to have, have one. Um, unfortunately, especially in some work settings, not all, if a woman is very opinionated, um, she is seen in a negative light. Whereas, you know, if a man in that same company says something, he is smart. He is the next one to be promoted, you know. And so I, I wish and I can't wait until we're able to change that that narrative and, and that sort of train of thought um, because we all have something to say, you know, um, and in my particular case, I'm not the kind of person who just likes to talk to talk. I am usually the person um, at work who would only spoke, who would only speak, excuse me, unless I had something really important to say. And so again, that experience really taught me to be resilient, to kind of build my resilient muscle up a little bit more. And I'd like to think of that every experience that I've been through in life has helped me in some kind of way, has given me some lesson, has built up my, my arsenal in some way to be a better me. And so I encourage every woman, every man, anybody who's listening, to this podcast to don't be afraid to speak your truth. Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. Don't be afraid to show the world who you really, really are because you are good enough just as you are. You are magnificent. You were created by our Heavenly Father who makes no mistakes. Right? He makes absolutely no mistakes. So everything that you have on the inside of you is good enough 
to be in a boardroom, is good enough to raise a family, is good enough to run your own business, to be the CEO of any company or to do anything that you could ever, that you could ever imagine. So never be afraid to be your authentic true self because that's where the goodness is. It's not in being someone you weren't created to be, being fake or, you know, trying to show the world someone you're not. Your goodness lies in your authenticity and your truth. So show up, show up, show up. Absolutely love it. Show up authentically. Um, Even when things are fighting against, against it. Even when Mm -hmm. things are fighting against it. And so that's going to bring us over to your your section, Walk Courageously. Walk Courageously. And I I just want to just jump right over to um, this this particular section that I that I like. When we're talking about the the um, the fairy tale fantasy, and allow a little love in is is the is the chapter title. And you're dealing with the um, the fairy tale fantasy and um, the fatherless syndrome, you know, as well. And so I just want to just talk about those, you know, talk about those two concepts and, um, you know, what is required for an individual so that they could, um, you know, let go of, of the things that are just um, causing them to be um imprisoned you know imprisoned in life and not being able to embrace and enjoy the fullness of life in in this chapter again i'm speaking from my own experience so i do share a lot about my life within this Mm -hmm. book and i'd say about 90 percent of the book And in this chapter, I'm talking about my own experience of my father coming in and out of my life um, growing up. Actually, he's probably in my life more as an adult than he was as a a child. Um, And we've had many conversations about that. I've forgiven him. I love him regardless. But when I look back over some of my past relationships, um, what I noticed was that there were times where there were people, people that I was dating or even friends, where I kind of pushed them away because for various reasons. Number one, I, I didn't know if they were willing to be around because the person who my father, who I thought was supposed to be there, who was supposed to be in my life, wasn't in my life. And so because of that, I think I was expecting others to kind of leave my life as well. And so even though I might be dating someone and I really liked, you know, the person at the time, I wasn't really giving all of myself. I was afraid to allow um, love in because I didn't know that they would stay. I didn't know that it would last. And so I talk about that um, because I think it's a conversation that we really need to have. It's realistic. 
we hear about, unfortunately, a lot of unhealthy relationships these days because of the fatherless um, figure syndrome. And and so I wanted to be open and honest and, and talk about that. And so women could start to have that conversation and start to heal. Because if you, I'm a believer that if you reflect and really spend time thinking about why we do some of the things that we do, you'll find that a lot of that stems from our past. And for me, it stems from my childhood, not allowing love in because I didn't know if people would stay. I didn't know if I was worthy of receiving the love. Um, And so, again, I, I think it's a really important conversation because we need to have it. Because once you acknowledge why you're doing something or how something started, then you can begin the process of changing it. Um, and so that's why I wrote that chapter. Absolutely. That, that's very, very powerful um, as well. And so, and you're right, it's, that, that is the um, infection that is hindering a lot of relationships and, and people are not... Um, analyzing, doing that self-examination on why, you know. And so even with that, not only can we not um, allow us us to experience love in this, uh, uh, in a deeper place, but we also don't, um, we don't pour out, you know, um, love right. in its depth because there's always a secret component and say a secret, a secret part of us or a part that we hide off because we don't want to be vulnerable because of our past experiences when it comes to that. And so we, it, it really is a hindrance to a lot of relationships. And so with that, we're going to just shift over to your section on accessing your power. <laughs> accessing <Okay>. your power. <laughs> and it talks about, you You have so many different things in how many you deal with conduct your daily check-ins, act, um, actively participate in your growth, indulge in the self-discovery, give yourself a hug, tie the knot. But I want to talk about tying this knot. <laughs> tying I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> tying the knot. I mean, you <laughs> you had, you know, you, you have some very uh, powerful, you know, thoughts and, you know, and statements, a statement here when it talks about you know, um, tying um, the knot and making that commitment and the, talking about the difference between dating and um, and marrying, but you talk about it, you know, um, with just your personal self, with your personal self. And so I, I think that was just very, very powerful when it comes to, you know, you went beyond the dating yourself to um, now making a personal commitment to yourself. How about marrying yourself in time and not? So let's just talk a little bit more about that concept because, I, you know, I know it's a concept that many don't think about. Many have just not thought out of the box um, um, in that depth. So let's just give them a little insight to your thought behind, um, be, behind that because it's absolutely powerful. Sure. I was sitting down and just, and I actually, I don't know that I told you this. I actually started writing this book in my journal. That's how the book started. And so I was writing in my journal this particular chapter 
and it started off as date yourself. And I started to think about when I was dating before I got married. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. This needs to be tied, marry yourself, tie the knot. Because when we think about dating, and, you know, every relationship is different. But when we think about the act of dating, and especially in the beginning, you're getting to know that person, things are wonderful, you're excited, you got the butterflies in your stomach, but there's not always necessarily a commitment for life there. That is just two people who are enjoying each other's company. But there's a whole different ball game when we're talking about marriage. We're talking about commitment. We're talking about bringing the relationship before God. And so I said to myself, oh, no, no, no. I don't want you just to date yourself. I want you to make a commitment to yourself. I want you to marry yourself. So that's where the concept of tie the knot came from, because I think it's really important to spend some time with yourself, get to know yourself. And the reason why it's important to get to know yourself is because you can't go out into this world and get into any relationship with someone else without knowing yourself first. I mean, you, you could, but what's going to happen, different things will manifest in the relationship that may ultimately destroy the relationship or not be good for the relationship. But when you know yourself first, you know, you've learned, you've learned your likes, your dislikes, you've spent time with yourself, honoring yourself, taking care of yourself. Um, I like to say you've set a mission and vision for your life, right? You understand your, your values and what you'll put up with and what you won't put up with. Um, when you understand all those things about yourself and you really spend time, you know, just being okay with yourself and being authentic and, and understanding Standing yourself, that's when you'll have the most powerful relationships with others. Because if you don't respect yourself, if you don't honor yourself, if you don't spend time getting to know yourself, you're going to invite people who will not honor you, who will not respect you, because you're giving off that energy to people. And so that's why I really think it's important to get to know yourself, to build that solid foundation for yourself, hence tie the knot, before you can go out and be with anyone else. That's, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And, um, and I think that that is um, such a, a viable component you know in our lives in in our lives mm -hmm. um because it helps you to to know you and you know mm -hmm. um and so you you don't come into a, a, a marriage or a commitment or a relationship trying to discover you and somebody else at the same time because that could be absolutely chaos all right now is that it <laughs> <laughs> so, and so it's just beneficial if you can you know learn to to marry love yourself and marry yourself mm -hmm. and be committed um to yourself to right. commit it to yourself you know and that show that comes back to you know when you was when you was talking earlier about showing up it comes back to that showing up being authentic it comes back 
you know, um, be when you be, can be committed to yourself. And that, that way, when right. you come into a relationship, that you show up, you know, even in that marriage, you show up being you. And they, they know the authentic That's you. Right. You know, sometimes yeah. people wake up and they're like, who did I marry? <laughs> <laughs> This wasn't who I married. <laughs> that <laughs> this is wasn't true. The, right, the person I married. That because when you when you when you showed up in the courtship of the marriage, you know, you mm-hmm. were somebody else and, and you pretended to be somebody else for quite a few years and then all of a sudden the real you showed up. <laughs> That's like, right. The truth will always come out. <laughs> Eventually, right? Oh my! Mm-hmm. Help us in this place. This going to lead us to um, this your your last um, section here where you deal with stand boldly. You know, you doing you know letting your light shine. You got to be authentic in order to let the light shine, and you know not a let allowing the things in life to cover you up. But um, and you talk about embracing your uniqueness. You know, make uh, make confident your best friend, stand determined in greatness. And so I just believe that you know, I was looking at here. Um, it's this confident, you know. And when I'm cuff, when I can, and I know that will come out of what tying a knot, tying the knot, you know, getting that confident within ourselves to show up. And so you make a mm-hmm. statement about confidence. You said confident doesn't. Um, always have to do with your physical appearance, um, though that is a small part of it. But you said that confidence is really about how you feel on the inside, which translates into the other areas of your life. Can you expound on that statement there? Sure. I, I started to write this chapter because I thought about myself and my interactions with other women. It could be a simple interaction where I walk past a woman and I say, I love your dress. And the first thing we'll say is, oh, this old thing, I've had this for 10 years and it's got a hole here. You know, my sister, this was a hand-me-down from my sister. No, just stop, sister. Just say thank you and leave it at that. And so that's where the idea for this chapter came from because I started to think how a lot of us as women lack confidence um, for many, many reasons. And then I took that thought a little bit further and I said, you know what? Confidence isn't always about your physical appearance, but what you think about yourself, how you feel about yourself on the inside, excuse me, will translate into the other areas of your life. So for example, are you confident in um, your skills at work? Or are you sitting, are you the one sitting in the back of the boardroom at every team meeting and never expressing your ideas and your opinions? Are you confident, you know, um, in your relationship? Or are you the woman who's constantly checking your your man's cell phone to see if he's still talking to his ex or another woman? What is it that you are lacking confidence in? Um, because like we just said, confidence doesn't always have to do with physical appearance. But if you're lacking confidence, it is guaranteed to show up in some 
part of your life. Um, and, and so in the reflection section, I have, you know, a few questions at the end of the chapter to just really help you to think about and reflect on those areas of your life where you're lacking confidence. Because again, um, unless you build your confidence, it's going to show up in every area. And you don't want to be that crazy friend or the crazy girlfriend who's trying to figure out the code to your boyfriend's phone uh, because you saw a girl's picture pop up on his phone when it rang, but it was his cousin or, you know, it was his mom. <laughs> you don't want to be um, that kind of woman <laughs> because I'm telling you that man is going to run off. <laughs> And so at the end of the chapter, I have some reflection questions just to get you to thinking about, are you struggling? What areas, excuse me, are you struggling with confidence? Um, and help you to think about some ways that you can overcome that lack of confidence and how owning your own thoughts about yourself can booster your confidence. And again, just really sitting down and being mindful and reflecting about those things that you can do to boost your confidence. I always take everything back to God because he's my creator. So when I think about every time I'm feeling a little out of sorts or less confident, I always, of course, go talk to God in prayer. But I think about the fact that God created me. And again, he makes no mistakes. So if I have a meeting and I feel like, oh, I don't necessarily have the experience. Should I be in here trying to pitch to them? And, you know, I, I don't know. I always just go I, or I'll sit in my car, pray first, go in the bathroom, go anywhere I can go and just pray and I talk to God. Because I know that if God brought me to that meeting, then whether I walk out with the results that I expected or not, that there was a reason that I was there, whether it was to gain experience um, or to gain, you know, practice or contact, there was some reason that I'm there. So if, if the next time you're at a, a meeting at work, you know, instead of sitting in the back of the room, sit in the front of the room, you know, or maybe sit two rows before, you know, two rows ahead of the last row and then slowly work your way up to the front of the room but it is very very important to build your confidence because it's going to determine your relationships it's going to determine your performance at home at work with your family uh, in your friendships who you're dating who you're marrying and I cannot stress the importance of just showing up, as we talked about earlier, being authentic, being unapologetic for who you were created to be. Again, God does not make mistakes, right? And so you are not a mistake. The ideas that he has given you aren't mistakes. The gifts and the talents that he's blessed you with aren't mistakes. You know, your hips that protrude, you know, aren't mistakes. Everything about you is just amazing. It's wonderful. 
it is beautiful, right? Physically, whether we're talking about externally or we're talking about internally, everything that God has poured into you is specific for you. Own it, embrace it, and then go forth. Powerful, 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 powerful. Author Chandra, I just want to make sure, amen, before we get ready to just close out this interview, was there anything that we missed out of the book? We're going to give your information out and how to get the book and all of that great stuff in a moment. But I just want to make sure that we didn't get it, miss anything that you wanted to share with the audience um, on tonight that we have not covered and you just would like to share with them on today. Sure, I would just say um, all of the the reviews and the feedback that I've gotten discuss how relatable this book is. And again, I talked about earlier that this book started in my journal. I am being very open and honest and authentic about you know some of the things that I've dealt with, some of the things that I've struggled with that. You know, and I'm willing to share my testimony as a way to hopefully encourage, to bless other women, to, you know, encourage women just to stand up and stand strong and be powerful in who they were created to be. And so I hope that this book is a blessing to anyone who picks it up and reads it. Share it with your sisters, your girlfriends, your co-workers, um, because I really believe in the work that God has called me to do. And again, the book started off in the journal. God said, you go forth, Chandra. This is going to help heal the minds of women who are dealing with, you know, various issues and things. So I hope that this book is a blessing to everyone who comes in contact with it. Um, and if you want, I always say, if you want to be unleashed, imagine yourself unleashed because that's what this book will do for you. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. 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 It is absolutely a powerful book and it is very, very um, something that, you know, once you begin to read it, you'll definitely relate to it. it and it'll just open up so much um, on the inside of you as well um, to help you expand into into your greatness. It really, really would. I'm, I'm just I'm telling you, amen. I just had a wonderful time um, reading and being engaged in this dynamic um project here in addition like to have those reflections those little assignments that you can do um to really um that took it beyond just a book but a a, a, a manual to help you um train and, and be equipped and, and really dive in um going deeper so that you can um, do some evaluations and you can come out with some strategies on how to, you know, step into your greatness, how to overcome these particular areas and um, that, that, that hide your greatness and, and, and come mm-hmm. out with these strategies, strategies and revelations on how to just step higher into your destiny. It's just absolutely amazing. Oh, and God. so, and, and so, um, 
we could definitely 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 want to stay in contact with this powerful woman of god so let us let them know how can they first get how can they grab a copy of you go girl 25 ways to step into your greatness sure it is um on amazon so you can go on amazon.com and find it on there um, you can also go to my website, visit my website, which is www.chandrabpain.com. Again, that's www.chandrabpain.com. I'm also on Facebook. And since I have a very long last name, a hyphenated name, I hyphenated my name on, uh, or not hyphenated, excuse me, I've shortened my name on Facebook. To Chandra B. Payne. So my Facebook name is Chandra B. Payne. Awesome, awesome. And Chandra is spelled C H A N D R A. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. You just want to put that out for them. And Payne, I'm just I'm just gonna spell the whole website. Um it is C H A N D R A B. P-A-Y-N-E, Chandra B. Payne, ChandraBPayne.com. And you can also Chandra B. Payne on Facebook, on our social media platforms um, as well. So um, to definitely contact her, reach her, um, reach out to her um, as well on her website. She just gave you that information as well. Also, um, let the audience know, are there any other type of services and things of that nature that you offer? to um, to help further expand individuals with um, tapping to uh, stepping into their greatness? At this time, I do not. Um, but if you follow me on social media and on my website, um, over the next few months, I do have some um, events that I will be putting together for women locally um, in North Carolina first. Um, and then I hope to expand to other cities and states eventually. Awesome, 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 awesome. We're definitely going to keep a lookout uh, for those events and things of that nature. Also, as you you know, put those things out, remember to just tag us at the Scribes Hangout so that we can help with those promotional um, efforts as well in this great work that 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 you're doing um to help change individuals lives around the world and so we're just absolutely um excited about that you guys we have had a phenomenal time um tonight at the scribes hangout where we have had a very powerful interview with none other than um author chandra Broadnecks pain the author of you go girl 25 ways to step into your greatness step into your greatness right here at the scribes hangout where we are bringing the voice of the scribe to the world remember 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 amen your scribe tip for the week your scribe tip for the week is simply this take a moment command your time and as you command your time take a moment and reflect and as you reflect allow your thoughts your creative thoughts to begin to flow on the inside of you and as those thoughts begin to flow amen in that in that 
moment a reflection pick up your pen and begin to scribe you never know what will be produced of our birth out of just having that moment a reflection in time my god in jesus name we want to thank you for hanging out with us at the scribes hang out on the kingdom influencers broadcast and we look forward to you joining us next thursday at 9 30 p.m eastern standard time same location same location same same location and we're looking forward amen um to um lives just continuing to be touched continuing to be touched as we interview none other than author julie thomas author julie thomas and so we're looking forward to that if this is this broadcast have been expiring to you and you're just loving what it is that you're hearing make sure that you subscribe to this broadcast to the broadcast by going to www dot kingdom influencers broadcast dot com slash scribes hang out and subscribe with us so that you can stay in tune connected with what we're doing at the scribes hang out in Jesus name until next week continue to scribe